Hi, I'm here with David Gunnell from the University of Bristol. Um, David, you gave a talk earlier on at the self-harm data meeting here in London. Um, and you spoke about some of the important drivers of unfavourable suicide trends. Tell us a little bit more about that. Okay, so, so some of the key factors that appear to influence unfavourable trends in suicide rates are economic recession, periods of economic recession. During the Great Recession in the 1920s and 1930s, there was a really large rise in suicides, particularly in men, but in men and women. And those rises in suicide that occurred trended to track with rises in unemployment at that time. Move the clock forward 60 years or so to the 2008 recession, we're seeing similar rises, although not as great. But so, so... If you're looking at why a population suicide rate might be going up, one of the first things to look at is what's happening to the economy, what's happening to the levels of debt, levels of job loss. Second important factor is changes in the methods that people in populations use. There's pretty good evidence, in fact some of the strongest evidence from the 1960s when Britain's domestic gas supply was detoxified. At that time the commonest method of suicide was domestic gas poisoning. It had a high carbon monoxide content because it was generated by burning coal. It's called coal gas. In the 1960s, vast reserves of uh, natural gas were discovered off the coast of Scotland. The ga- gas supply was detoxified. That led to a fall in the use of that method of suicide. But there wasn't an instantaneous replacement of that method with other methods. So the net effect was you had a fall in the commonest method of suicide. No clear evidence of substitution. And so suicide rates came down by about 20% in the 1970s, so a really powerful effect. So those are two of the biggest factors. Other factors that cause, more oftentimes, temporary uh, upturns in suicide rates can be media reporting of deaths, um, but particularly reports that highlight the methods of suicide, celebrity suicides where people can relate closely to the celebrity who died. So, for example, in recent times when Robin Williams died in the States, there's an estimated 10% upturn in suicides over and above that which would have been predicted based on previous trends and um, the people who the age groups that were most profoundly affected were middle aged men like Robin Williams and people using a method similar to the one used by Robin Williams so so those are three of the big factors of course we also need to look at the quality of the suicide statistics but, but what one more often sees is a deterioration in the quality of statistics, and that more often leads to a fall in suicides rather than a rise. But if a, if a country suddenly gets its act together and records suicide in a lot better, that might lead to a factual rise. And what more do you think we can do to be aware of these trends more quickly and to respond to them in a kind of public health way? A, a challenge is that... Um, Suicide statistics are generated through, in, in this country, the coronal process, so a, a death needs to be investigated. Uh, when relevant parties have been interviewed, evidence has been gathered together by the coroner, they then hold an inquest. Uh, that takes time. The amount of time it takes varies from area to area, and often due to the complexity of the case. So there's this necessary inbuilt delay that means suicide as a cause of death differs from, say, a death from a heart attack or from cancer where the pathology leading to the death was already clear cut so a doctor issues a certificate that certificate gets set, sent to the Office of National Statistics with suicides and so called unnatural deaths there is this intermediate step where the person, the reasons for the death are investigated it's 
the only way really to to speed that process up I think is to increase the resourcing given to coroners I think coroners like other um, many other local government employed professions have been affected by uh, cuts in local authority budgets so by increasing the resource given to coroners so they can carry out their duties more quickly. I think once the inquest has been carried out, ONS have taken steps to ensure that the data are uploaded and uh, incorporated within national statistics as quickly as possible. And as a researcher that's been working in this area for many years, you're here at this this conference, um, all sorts of kind of issues, problems and potential solutions have been mentioned. What's the kind of priority for you to do your work more better? Gosh, that's a very tough question. So many answers. Um, it, it depends on what the research question is. So if one's interested in looking at area differences and informing strategies within a particular geographic locality, then my priority would be to make sure the data are c- collected in a consistent way across time and make sure there's consistency across the whole of the country so an area isn't seen as an outlier, for example, simply because the coroner practices in a different way from another coroner. So I think it's a real priority about consistency of, or inc- improving the consistency with which um, potential suicide deaths are uh, assessed by coroners. I think from a, a wider perspective, I think making greater use of the increasing record linkage opportunities that we've heard quite a bit about today. So, for example, when there was a public health concern over the last couple of years about students' mental health and suicide, the opportunity to link HESA data with ONS mortality data to get a handle on that issue, look at the age groups affected, look at whether it was undergraduates or postgraduates, was really helpful. And I think making greater use of those linkage opportunities, making it easier uh, to to carry out, I think, would be really important. I I think, and Sally has really nicely pointed out, making the data more readily accessible to the research community. You know, the the delays, the paperwork entailed, which is understandable in part, but it's disappointing. Uh, I was just really struck by her talk where she went through the various stages that external researchers needed to go through in order to get access to a pretty unique data set internationally actually so and without good data we're not going to produce the best policies to lead to improvements in mental health so so i I think there's real room for improvement in that area Mm -hmm.